Hello, and welcome to Pompatour, the news podcast. I'm Jordan Cross, joined by Head of Sport, Mark McMahon, and Pompey writer Will Rooney to bring you bang up to speed with the latest from Fratton Park. On this week's podcast, Rich Pickings, we look at Matt Ritchie's thoughts on being bombed out at Fratton and reveal his sensational unfinished business with Pompey. Forlorn in the USA, we reflect on the Blues' farcical USA tour of 2010, which brought out the very worst in former manager Steve Cottrell in a memorable check-in desk exchange. And lockdown lessons, which of the Pompey players are doing best as they're forced to stay indoors? We're now available on Spotify, as well as Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud, so give us a listen, like and subscribe to get each edition delivered to your device and keep your finger firmly on the PO4 pulse at portsmouth.co.uk. Well, lads, it's week five of lockdown. We're still away from Portsmouth Towers. We're stuck in our own homes. Mm-hmm. Me and Bogner, Jordy and Purbrook, Will and Whitley. Martin. Whitley. Whitley. <laughs> <laughs> Whitley. I've moved up in the world. I've told you this. You've, you've moved up. Well, how, how are you both doing anyway? It's been that long since I've seen you. It has been, yeah. Um, I'm a bit better than last week. I mean... Not gonna lie, yesterday when I seen the news that this is gonna go on for another three weeks, I was crestfallen as I said to you earlier. Um, it, but it's got to be done, hasn't I suppose? And you know, I, I know a lot of the, anal- the analogies have been about this is our source of our sacrifice compared to, to what other generations have gone through. And I watched 1917, the film the other day, and it's quite right. Like, I mean, we're stuck in it. Stuck in it. It is quite easy compared to what we've gone through, to be fair, isn't it? So that's what's getting me through that and uh, having the sunshine when we are allowed out. I don't know about you. Oh, you won't be able to see this. You won't be able to see this, but Will has got a quite a red face by the looks of it. <laughs> a um, red hair, do you mean, Jordy? Yeah, is that, is that, is that, yeah, redhead? I don't know whether it's the light, to be fair, but I was sat out the other day, but I think it's the light. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. I hope that's all part of your regular daily exercise, Will. Um, of course it is, what, yeah. What, actually, Will and exercise, what am I talking about? Sorry. Just a walk for me. Uh, the walk to the local pub, just to get a pint God. through the window or down to the Asda to, to get a stock of beer for the week. Christ. I keep walking past these places on me routinely one day of exercise, one form of exercise a day. I used to like going in them, they're all shut up. I can't really remember what I used to do in them, but I used to like them. Well, Jordy, <laughs> what, what, what are you missing most, Jordy, about not covering Pompey at the moment? Even though we are covering Pompey, but we're not going to games, we're not interacting with the players, the manager and all that there. What are you missing most? Uh, no, I mean it's, yeah, it's the interaction with the players and 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 the, and the people that are around the club. Um, you know, from fans liaising off to Johnny Moore, media man, Neil World, Abdul, the steward that everyone knows, the great Abdul. Um, just just the characters around the club. Um, of course, there's the kind of the the, the cut and thrust of the football, the, the, the three o'clock and the and the action. Of course, we all we're all, we're all missing that fix, aren't we? And the uh, but it's just, yeah, obviously, there's people that have, you know, long-established friendships um, and, and down the years. A bit like all the punters that are going to the games, you know, their routines, aren't they? They'd be going into their favourite pubs for, for their pre-match ritual pints, catching up mm. with face. They, they, they probably see every week or two, you know, as part of their experience of going to the games. So, um, 
it is, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's obviously tough, but it's for, for a reason, isn't it? I'll tell you what's getting on my, my wick at the minute, being Hugh. I can't get all the being Hugh. They won't deliver my lawnmower. And um, yeah, and my and I got as I told you guys this morning, we have got a leak in the shower now. It's come through the ceiling into the into the, it's like forty towers in the cross house, <laughs> and uh, I can't get on any ceiling. So, but I, 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 yeah, and also I think they're called first world problems, aren't they? I think some yeah. some clever came up with that term, and it, yeah, it, in the in the grand scheme of things, it falls firmly into that category, both both you know on personal terms and and the Pompey experience as well. Right, okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to ask you a few telling lockdown questions in a bit, but before we do, Jordy, just going back, you love an old high five of a Pompey player. You've known the, the great them with one of these modern man hugs and all that there. Before, <laughs> before, before we all went our separate ways, you were shaking hands with James Bolton. It was a bump. Yeah. It was a fist bump. Yes. Was it a fist it was bump a... there, or was it? Well, yeah. we kind of went. For, we went for the exchange of yeah, the handshake. We kind of recoiled it, and um, instinctively, yeah, we did the fist bump, and then, uh, and then a few days later, he tested positive. <laughs> 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 right. Are you going to change your tack then when we do eventually get out of this? Is it just going to be a gentle nod of the head, to acknowledge yeah, your existence, or a little elbow together? Yeah, yeah, rub elbows. Yes, it's a similar thing with Mikel Arteta as he made his way down the touchline after the uh, after the game, and I, I, I just sort of had a, had a brief in, exchange with him. But no, there was no fist bumping or bad boy handshakes or, 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 or such like. So yeah, yeah, but I may have to, uh, yeah, yeah, reconsider. Change approach. Yeah, yeah, but what would they do? I mean, if I don't shake their hands, they're going to think I'm being being rude, aren't they? Just because I'm mm-hmm. not down with the kids anymore, you know, forty years old, I can't. <laughs> How long can you go on and fist bump and uh, do the sort of one? I used to have quite a good handshake with Loire Loire with a bump and a few sort of like moving the hands. You know that kind of thing when you go to do a handshake in that way and you don't quite know what to do next and you kind of just end up looking like an idiot. Yeah, I used to do that kind of thing. I suppose, I suppose well, you'll just maintain your normal greeting for Kenny Jack and just a wee nod and a stir in his, in his eyes then, will you? Yes, that's it, yeah. To be honest with you, one thing, one thing I do miss in football is a good old-fashioned handshake. I mean, when you see players shaking hands now, it's not the are like sort of Slap high fives, yeah. I don't, I don't like it. I like seeing the good old fashioned, you know, when they're doing the lineups, the good old fashioned handshake, and you don't see enough of them anymore. It's one of my gripes in football. <laughs> well, well, we'll make sure then that as soon as this is all over, you'll be shaking hands with everybody. That's you know, it. I like Judy. Well, maybe form a queue outside front park see if anybody wants to shake your hands before games. Uh, I don't think that'll go down too well, no. It's a waste of my time, a waste of everyone else's time. <laughs> that's, that's crucial boozing time before the game and after the game you'll be wasting then. Exactly. Well, after the game before, I'm strictly professional. Have we got anything to talk about this week or are we struggling? <laughs> what, what, what the heck's going on here? We're just, we're just building in there. All right, all right. Let's crack on. Let's crack on. Jordan, you've been speaking to Matt Ritchie this week. I have. You've, yes, I have. Yes. You've um, spent about six hours transcribing that conversations. Let's hope there's something at the end of it then. Uh, yeah, you, you want the hits, don't you? Um, yeah. It wasn't quite as bad as the kind of 5,000 words transcribing. Mark Catlin's uh, exchange with Simon Jordan <laughs> on talk, talk Sport the other week. Um, yeah, listening to um, Simon Jordan, uh, that, that exchange, uh, which, which I was going to sleep hearing Simon Jordan's voice in my head, which is never a good thing. <laughs> um, but no, a, a, not a, a lot 
was a lot nicer to uh, catch up with Matt Ritchie um, and have a, a real good chat with Matt um, at the weekend. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's some stories we've done about this. Obviously, the, the, the reason in the, in the immediacy was the, the 10 years on from, from Matt's debut at Wigan after the uh, Spurs semi-final when he was thrown in. Um, Joel Ward was used that night. Um, a foggy night at Wigan with just 150 Pompey fans making the trip to the JJB and a, a, a young player by the name of Lenny Sowa who uh, probably Lenny Sowa yeah would have forgotten now he was he went I think he had, went on to play in Scotland and I think he might be in somewhere like Hamilton now but he went to Germany at Hamburg he was only 17 and he came on in the second half that night um, when everyone threw in the kids and um, it was just it was, it was nice to catch up with, with Matt and it was just so sad that within probably sort of six months of that his six, seven months, his Pompey career was over and not and off to Swindon. And um, you'll be reading now as we, as we talk now uh, um, to quarter past 12 um, on Wednesday that we just put up the, the, the detailed story from Matt on portsmouth.co.uk about how he felt about being effectively bombed out by Steve Cottrell. Um, and and he's, he's very, very disappointed about the fact that it was um, an abridged Pompey stay and, and he felt he never was given a chance to show what he could do. No no real, I mean, very magnanimous in terms of, of Steve Cottrell and no bitterness and understanding, perhaps, um, that Steve Cottrell wanted to go with experience at the time. But I can tell you now, I don't think um, many Pompey fans are quite so polite about it off in, in their, their views about uh, Cottrell bombing Matty off because of what happened next to a home hometown lad who was desperate to play for Pompey and um, again something we'll be following up in the next 24 hours or so at portsmouth.co.uk Unfortunately anytime I think of Steve Cottrell it's the first thing I think about apart from his, 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 his demand to just control a room demand attention and he has to take over everything but letting Matt Ritchie go it's the one thing every single time Steve Cottrell's name is mentioned I think about their moment and what a mistake You're not the only one you're not the only one. Actually, on the handshake, going back to the handshake, I remember when Steve Cottrell arrived at Pompey at the pressure to um, his unveiling. He, he, he went around and shook the room with hand of every single person in the room. It took about 15 minutes. And, uh, yeah, it's just uh, one of uh, Cottrell's many idiosyncrasies. But you're bang on with what you say. I think that would be the, it's the biggest blot. It's going to haunt uh, Steve, Steve Cottrell's uh, Pompey tenure that, that one. And Marlon Pack as well, who's another one. Yeah, yeah. Bombed out to go on and have, have a good career. Joel Ward was obviously another one that came through <clears throat> at that time. But and th- and this is and this is a real heartfelt thing from from Matt Ritchie talking about his time at Pompey. I don't think I've ever I've rarely heard anyone talk about Pompey in such revered, passionate tones as, as the way Matt does. He really, really loves the club, um, and it really comes across because in the modern times when people. T- Churn out these kind of sound bites about loving clubs and that, and it kind of it can, you know, I can think of one or two players that say that kind of thing, and it and it it's a bit vacuous, and it's not the quite the meaning behind it. Matt, when he talks mm. about Pompey, he's so passionate about about the football club, the city, uh, what Pompey did for him, the people who gave him his chance. He Sean North, the academy coach, through to Dave Hurst, uh, through to you know, even even Harry Redknapp, who brought him in at the age of fourteen when the um, into train with the first team. When the likes of Diara and Defoe were there, there's a great anecdote about him being in awe of, of Jermaine Defoe when um, when he, he was watching how he went about his business and uh, the, the explosive nature of his work and 
just the, the quality they do the boxes you know the thing when they do the keep ball in the, in, in the boxes just a, a classic warm-up and when he was doing it next to Jermaine Defoe and, and the like he just realized what the qualities of, and the levels that are needed to perform at the top he said that's always stayed with him and it, it drives him on to this day um that they are the levels you need and, and you need to maintain that hunger if you're going to perform at the top and which is you know what Matt Richards has gone on to do in his career and it, it, a real a real great guy and uh as I say, we're going to be picking up on the fact that I think we can say now on, on this podcast that, that Matt's going to, going to be uh, look, wants to come back to Pompey uh, sometime in his career moving forward. Um, so, yeah, a nice little exclusive for our listeners if, if they get around to listen to this before it goes out. But uh, he, he's got unfinished business as he sees it. Um, and although he's, he's happy at Newcastle, he's desperate to, to come back to Pompey. Not just a, a final payday when he's 35 or 36. He wants to come back at a meaningful period and really make an impact in helping Pompey back up the leagues. Well, well, I suppose it's very much like the Kenny Jacket, Connor Chaplin scenario. When you talk about Richie and Cottrell, um, Chaplin was one of those homegrown players. Everybody absolutely adored him. And then the moment arrived when he was suddenly bombed out and he's, he's gone on to bigger and better things, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Matt Richie, when he left well before my time was down here, but from, from what sort of I've gathered is Connor Chaplin was never really going to get a look in a Pompey, was he? Because he sort of struggled to get into the system and the Paul Cup playing the, the lone front man and Kenny Jackett as well. And as we've seen last season, Kenny Jackett plays Ollie Hawkins for a lot of the season, so he wants the big front man. And I think Chaplin had to move on and no one body really begrudged him. And when 500 grand was on the table with a year left on his deal, I think that Everyone thought it was it was right for all parties. I mean, with Matt Ritchie, I mean, Lucas Cree's gone to help with Newcastle, Bournemouth, Scotland International. I mean, you know, Pompey were letting him go to Swindon when he was such a young age. Why couldn't he have developed a, a Pompey? I mean, that's that's my impression. I don't know about you, Josie, if, if that would yeah. be a fair assessment. No, I think that's, that's, that, that, is, that is fair. Um, I mean, it's £250,000. And Cottrell said he wanted to go with experience at that time, which, you know, you can understand that was he his way of operating uh, but Matt pointed out he said that it, they, you know he was playing out of, being played out of position at left back he said he wanted experience he went and got Cole Dickinson and uh, it's probably unfortunate that Cole Dickinson was one of those kind of maligned left back types that never really did it at Pompey and, and that's probably another stick to beat Cottrell with actually because they say well hold on we have Matt Ritchie I mean he, he's a winger not a left back obviously but then we end up with Cole Dickinson and, and players like that and even the big the big names that came in like Dave Kitson uh, weren't didn't prove you know they're not gone on to be the most popular players um, in in Pompey's history. But I will put, put a, a slight caveat in there because just I'm just looking back to an old story um, with with Guy Whittenham talking about uh, what what Cottrell did when it when he bombed off. Now he, he, he Guy's point of view was that he thought that Cottrell was going down that road. He could have kept him, but he wanted to go out him to go out and play football rather than sort of waste away. I mean it was a wrong decision for me from Matt not to be involved, but. Guy Whitlam, you know, just play playing quite a, a sort of a, a dev, devil's advocate position on that. That he felt that Cottrell actually was did actually like Matt uh, for one, um, but um, wanted to you know help him further his career, get out and play football. I'm probably not quite so kind. I think that he should have been a part of things, and I think that probably chimes in with what uh, most Pompey fans' <laughs> position are on it as well. But yeah, really good to catch up with with Matt. He's got some great stories. He's part of the. 
madness of an American pre-season tour in 2010, which took an, a 42-hour journey to San Diego. I think it's something like eight flights and cancellations. It was manic, manic pre-season tour where they played DC United and um, Edmonton, and it was it was chaotic. But Matt looks back on that. He loves it. He thinks it was. He looks back on it fondly. He's like, yeah, it was carnage. It was total chaos. But he was in the in the first team setup and of his of a club that he loved and um, yeah so he, he looks back back on those with, with, you know and many other other memories quite happily. Just going back to Cottle and that American trip, Jordy, you were there as you say. Oh my word! Oh my going word. absolute mess. That thing was everything was going wrong. Being the perfectionist and somebody who's so much attention to detail, he must have been going crazy. There was one moment which stands out where we were, I can't remember, we went through so many American airports because it, it was a tour that was done on the cheap. There was no direct flights. It was all changed flights. So when we were always getting delayed and flights were getting cancelled, it was very, oh, very Pompey-esque of that time, shall we say. Um, and there was one uh, change um, when we were, I think we were in Chicago the first time, which was one of about 10 times we were stranded in Chicago on that tour. And um, Man United were, were, came, were, were came through and we were just, as I say, waiting there for about five hours and flights were being cancelled and Manchester United came through and were just ushered straight through. Um, they were all like <laughs> slickly organised. They all just came straight through onto the connecting flight. Then Cotchell just saw this happen and he just, wow, he went apoplectic at this, this, this checking desk guy. <laughs> Well, I mean, it was, it was one of it was one of just after Cottrell arrived as well. But he absolutely ripped in. Yeah, there was a few F's and Jeffs, shall we say? And uh, we sat there, and all these all these young players just started all looking at the Steve Cottrell after just arriving for what leadership. were just looking at each other, thinking, "What the heck is this guy up to?" <laughs> and uh, there was such like, senior pros like Danny Weber as well, and, and Michael Brown. He was on that tour and couldn't believe what was going on. But yeah, so Pompey had to sit there and uh, wait. Um, as Cottrell just ripped into this uh, this poor checking guy and then sort of said, come on, who's with me? Right, we're off. And all these kind of players sort of slunk off behind him like they had to because uh, they couldn't do anything else because he was the manager. It was just, uh, yeah, it was a crazy, crazy tour, that one. Uh, from, a, from a media point of view, it was fantastic, to be honest. It was great stories all over the place. But yeah. uh, I remember Chris Neville, the fitness guy, saying that in, in, if there were 20 things that you were supposed to, not supposed to do on a pre-season tour, Pompey nailed the lot on that on that on that tour, <laughs> which culminated in losing the kit on the way to play DC United, and we had to borrow a kit off these. Kev, Kev lost the uh, the kit on the on, on the flight. It turned up oh. a few days later. Absolutely, Can you, you can't blame Kev. Was it not an airline fault? Well, Matt Ritchie somebody... certainly does. He said Kev was up to his old tricks, which I thought was slightly harsh, but I was definitely using that quote. <laughs> So uh, it was mad that we arrived at DC United that day and um, it was the hottest day of the year, 90% humidity, 115 degree, uh, not Celsius, I like to hasten to add. Um, the, and the players were losing like kilos in weight and it was just, uh, yeah, probably the, the, uh, an apt ending to uh, what was a, was a mad, mad pre preseason tour. Um, but yeah, well, one has... It wasn't just the players. It wasn't just the players or the coaching staff that felt his wrath. Did poor Neil Allen get it in his ear one day? Basically, <laughs> because of what he was wearing on this tour to America. Uh, you, you've got a good memory, haven't you? Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to dig Neil out here. Yes. Uh, Steve, Steve, I can't do a very good Steve Cotchell accent. But, um, <laughs> Steve, what, you need Steve Wilson for that, don't you? Yeah, our old news, news sports desk colleague, Steve Wilson, did a, did a perfect Steve, Steve Cotchell, but. 
Yeah, he didn't like the short, the shorts, and um, like you knew I had a pair of trainers. I kind of like sort of uh, skateboard type trainers. I can't. I don't quite know what to call them. Very, very new Allen attire, and uh, Neil. He said, "Look at it, you! Look at this! Gear. Look at that dancing! Look at that dancing gear you're wearing!" Everyone's like, "Dancing gear?" I think they got what he was getting at, and he called Neil a scruff, which Neil took real umbrage at. Um, he'd never been called a scruff before in his in his life, and and they took more to offence at. But yeah, so Neil, Neil, Neil was another one to get it in the ear from uh, Steve Cotchell on that tour. But so were we all I think, you, on that tour? Could you imagine what? Steve Cotter would have said that well the day he turned up at the news wearing two old pairs of shoes. <laughs> I, I like to add that I was the one who pointed it out. No one, uh, no one, I made a rock me on back in that situation. Yeah. Oh, Had you been on the Estrellas the night before that one? Boy? I hadn't, no, I hadn't, no, but nearly put me off, put me off me Friday night pipe for the battle through it, through the humility. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, you this week, you've been speaking to Kenny Jacket. Um, how's he been this past few weeks? I have, yeah. Um, I think, to be honest with you, he's, he's a bit like us. I mean, we, to be fair to, to, to Jacket, he's been great with, with the news and also BBC Souls. I mean, he's taking his time to speak to us once a week. I mean, I don't know how many other managers across the football league are doing that, that frequently. So, fair play to, to Jacket and to to Pompey Neil Weld, the media manager, for allowing us that access. Um, with, with Kenny, obviously, the big talking point was the come to light, the the the, um, the plans for the reserve team next season um, that were in the offing that have been pencilled in, which reminds their confirmation that that has been the plan. Whether it'll go in on now depends on the landscape after the, the coronavirus pandemic um financial aspect being one of them but that was one of the, the the main talking points certainly another one was the 56 day period has been mooted about whether that's doable jack thinks it is doable playing two games a week as you'll see in the story later on the website that's certainly something that could be an advance to pompey given just how fixture congested the season already has been playing twice a week i mean there's been so many Tuesday games this week, hasn't it? Because this season, because because Bowman's etc. The the Pompey are already in that routine. I think it's something that the Bobby Bassett and, and Tom Nagel have also said. Maybe the main two talking points. Obviously, a lot of other tidbits that we got them on. But obviously, you know, for Jacka to to take the time and just give us an update, it's, it's always very appreciated. Yeah, and one of those also bits that you failed to mention was the friendlies. There could be a couple of yes. friendlies in store before the season gets back up and running, if it ever does. <laughs> it ever does, yeah. Which I think every team's gonna have to do them. At the um, and Kenny says basically, yeah, definitely we have to we have to get a few sources out, and there's not going to be any. Everyone's going to need them, so there's not going to be any any short supply of, of teams who who want to organise them. It's not like you're in the middle of March and you think we need to get a, a few of the fringe lads of games here. Let's get a training ground friendly going on. It's sort of going to be somewhere you think out of Steve and a jaw out of Crawley or a Swindon where they've been in, in recent pre-seasons and Brighton behind closed doors another option as well if they've built those relationships up with Brighton that'd be a great one I think again to to play a Premier League side and get themselves fine-tuned so certainly certainly that's going to come to light in a few weeks it'll be interesting obviously Hawks is, is one that might not go ahead that'd be a natural <laughs> one as well but given that the National League might not be Completed, yes, depending on the vote. We'll have to see if, the, if there will be a trip to Wesley Park involved as well. 
And do we expect to see Roland Curtis back anytime soon then for any of these preseason games? Or what's the situation what, what could you be there? suggesting there? <laughs> well, he, we all know now he has decided, him and his mum, Marie, to go back to, to Ireland and get that arduous journey. A journey I've made many times myself. Like, but, yes, you, um, normally go, you, make, you normally take more in the Scotland. car, don't you? Yeah, I've got a car full and a dog to take with me. Like, so, yeah. But come on, we're both of you surprised to see Pompey giving him the the go, the nod to go home when we're meant to be in lockdown? Question mark over it, wasn't there? When when that news emerged, everyone. Well, I think it was uh, good old Marie who first tweeted about it, and then um, it was with social media. Now, someone pointed out that Ronan on Instagram had said he was going back to see his mate. I think it was called Twelve Gauge. That was his. That was, that was his hand on 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 Instagram. So, uh, not a world I delved too deeply into, and that probably that probably sums up why. Um, but yeah, there was there was a there was there was a kind of a question mark over that. And I think we the news handled the story um, very well actually because we just put it out there and uh, put the facts out there and um, explained what what Ronan's point of view was. He was saying that he was struggling to get out there uh, to train. Um, he was getting interrupted every time he went out running and it was very limited in what he could do over here, whereas he's got land available to him in Ireland um, where he can go about doing a, a more extensive programme. So that that the reasoning and we put it out there and then it's up to the you know public to decide if they feel that that's acceptable or whether that's, that, that's not on. Um, so yeah, I think that 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 was kind of I think a fair sort of wrap up of it, and uh, yeah, we'll let others decide uh, whether we think that that was a, that a bit that was a bit naughty or not. Well, Jordy, you must know how Roland Curtis feels. Obviously, being one of Perbrook's favourite sons, like there's bound to be times <laughs> you walk out through the front door and you're just constantly being <laughs> harassed by members of the public. Me, me and Mason Mount, yes, no, there's, yes, there's a hot, <laughs> is a hotbed sporting talent do you know just talent full stop Mark Kelly lives lives in Purbrook uh, and of course the uh, was it Pop Idol X Factor the, the, the great local band saying difference <laughs> <laughs> people remember them <laughs> I'll say no more on that one I won't add no. any more on that one uh, please you know, don't yeah. no, no a lot of talent and there's actually uh, a descendant of the Queen Mother li- lives in Purbrook as well so uh, I think it's like yeah the, 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 the Queen's the Queen's nan, who was a great nan, lived at Perbrook Park. So there <laughs> you go. Right. A little bit of history there as well. See, we've oh, got and it all Neil, Neil Gaiman, Neil, Neil Gaiman the, the renowned um, renowned author, Neil Gaiman, yeah, Perbrook Gardens. You know, so. I'm sorry. A There's a lot of talent come, come out of Perbrook. Clearly. More, clearly more, more, than, more, more than where you live in Bognor, I would have thought. In Bog- <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's not go into that now either. Um, so, yep. Yeah, we're in lockdown. Well, Roland Curtis isn't necessarily in lockdown. But here's a, a couple of quick fire questions for you to Uh-oh. see just how well you know the Pompey squad at the minute. Oh, it's, yeah. it, it relates to what we're all going through. So let me see if you can pinpoint a few couple of players to answer these questions. Who <laughs> do you reckon has got the dodgiest haircut at the minute or has decided to take it upon themselves to give them a, a grade one all over? Oh, what within within lockdown? Well, yeah, on the Pompey squad. Yeah, who's going to be? Who's going to be? Um, oh, let's have a look. I can leave Brown and go a bit rogue quite easily, couldn't he? he, he <laughs> quite, you can imagine him just not caring and just like just yeah, taking taking 
the scissors or even get getting the, uh, the the bick out and uh, yeah. and, and taking taking it all. I'll off give him some tips work. on that one if he needs it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it, I tell you what, if if Sean Raggett hasn't got his tooth picks for how long, then he's not going to care less if he just packs <laughs> his hair, is he? <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've just got to bring, bring up a point on that on that one I spoke to him after a recent game I can't remember one of the last games he did it might have even been Fleetwood he did press afterwards and his teeth were perfect mm. I was like Sean Sean what you've had your teeth your, your teeth done I didn't know you, you had your teeth done he's like no 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 mate it's a full one false one and pulled it out he said oh, oh my, girlfriend, no. my, my girlfriend's down tonight visiting and so he looks at oh. the special special tooth in, in, in especially <laughs> for coming down to visit which I thought was quite well <laughs> quite sweet I suppose <laughs> I don't know yeah yeah but uh, yeah if you imagine that yeah looking like Peter's probably wouldn't he with his hair wiping that tooth out poor man poor, poor Sean poor Sean well who do you think's coping the best in lockdown uh, I can imagine Imagine John Mark. Burgess, Burgess has, has already said he's quite, a, he's quite happy in his own company and all that. I suppose, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think Craig McGill, he quite likes, but he lives sort of out in the country way. I think he'll be liking the, uh, the peace and quiet sort of. He grew up sort of in a rural area. So, I mean, it won't be too much different for Craig sort of if he, if he did grow up in that environment. I'll tell you what, right. Kenny, Kenny, Kenny would be surviving it. You know what he's like. He's a, you know, Mr. M- military organised person. And he'd be having it all down. Having it all planned out his day, won't he? Just trying to get it all down into uh, compartmentalise his days and get it all organised. <laughs> what, what do you think Kenny's first day will be like on the first day of returning the action? Do you reckon he'll have let it grow out a wee bit? Or you know, have got the misses to give him the grade two and then a grade four on top I think Kenny Jack will be looking as smart as ever I tell you what he wears some decent gear Kenny he he wears some nice coats some nice Hugo Boss coats and what his bag (laughs) he takes for away games he's he's a stylish fella so he plays for him he wears some more like gear yeah Yeah. he gets a a raw deal on that I wouldn't mind having Kenny's wardrobe you know he's always got yeah he's always got I'm not fan their Rolexes but he's always got the Armani watches on and um uh, yeah, he's got some. He's got, as Steve Koch would say, he's got some good dancing gear. <laughs> <laughs> well, who, who do you think sitting at home at the minute, lazing around in their pajamas, watching the box sets, and and just you know what, going, you know what, I'm just going to relax here. Can't be bothered even going out for well, Bobby Bassett's <laughs> program. <laughs> well, but Bobby Bassett was. I had a, had a conversation with him about box sets the other day. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> this was Bobby Bassett's. Bobby Bassett, yeah, we're talking about. He, he said, "I'm oh, lucky I've got all the lads that are um, telling us what to advise and what to watch." Ben Close as well. I had a chat with him. He said he's going to get through the box sets. There's some. There's one I started watching. I can't remember. It's called Tiger Tiger something on Netflix. It's a Tiger King. Tiger King. That's it. Yes. Yeah. He advised me to start watching that one. It's a, about some absolute lunatic. I won't give it away because I've watched the first episode now. But um, yeah, it, it's. Um, a maverick guy, should we say, um, who, who ends up on the, on a, I think he ends up on a murder charge. Anyway, I can't say too much more oh, than careful. that. <laughs> yeah, advised watching no. it, and it's one of the most popular watches on Netflix at the moment. So, so Jordy, are you saying then that Ben Close is going to come back with an expanded waistline then? 
no, I can't. <laughs> what? Because he's what? Because he's watching box sets? Like no. Just because he's watching box sets. <laughs> sat there, sat, I didn't say he sat there, kind of <laughs> Coca Cola and, and yeah, and just all the crap and just yeah, getting through every box set. I did. Uh, yeah, I should put the caveat in that he did say, although it's very hard to do the training, he has been getting out. I've got the the um, Southie's Ben Close isn't Southie's Ben Close anymore. He lives up oh. Waterlooville. Mm. He moved to Waterlooville now. He's on the Beerwood Estate. Um, if, if people know where that is. So, uh, yeah, we've always, I've been calling him Southie. Well, I called him Fratton's Ben Close, which he took umbrage at. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I'm very much in the Southie postcode area. And uh, and now he's up to Waterlooville. So, yeah, he's trying to work out where to get, get around to find a local park, which is a sort of ongoing challenge for a lot of the players, I suppose, at the moment. But, yeah, the, yeah Tiger King was his box set, his go-to box set at the minute. And Alan McLaughlin's also biography. I don't know if that was just to try and... Uh, Blow smoke up Macca's ass, but um, yeah, he, 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 I don't he, think you can say that. Though. <laughs> we can, I think we can get away with that on podcasts anyway. Well, we'll, 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 we might need to bleep that out. I don't, I'm not quite sure to be honest with you. Um, well, one final one for you who do you think is the fitness fanatic who's been out and up and down the beachfront every couple of hours defying lockdown laws? Like to think all of them, wouldn't you? You like to think every single one of them. No, I mean, just you're looking at the, the natural ones who, who fit. Uh, we do a lot of the running anyway, sort of, if you look at the running sets, I think the wingers, sort of, Ryan Williams, sort of, puts a lot of energy in, doesn't even run other than Ron Curtis, now he's back at home, he's got his land, you think he'll be putting the ground work in as well. He's, he's no excuse, he has to be running. He has to, now. yeah. I mean, yeah. to be fair, I'll still say one thing about Curtis, I did see it, I think, I don't know whether it was him, we put it on Instagram or, or Marie, sort of, he's getting goals set up, so... In, in the land that they've got. So, I mean, that's one, one bonus, I suppose. At least he's kicking the ball, etc. And he's keeping himself ticking over. Could prove an advantage when, when we do get the season back underway. He'll be sharp like he was when he came over from Ireland the first time. I'll tell you what, I've sharpened up my skills as well. I'm out in the back garden now with the old football, with, with a three-year-old. It's the first time I've kicked a ball in about five years. So, my touch is absolutely gone to pieces. And it's just real, I've realised, but I'm up to about 30 keep ups again. And, in, 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 yeah, I've not, not, not sent too many balls over to the neighbours yet. So, uh, <laughs> they come back with a Yeah, I know. It's not the best, is it? I'm way off what I used to be. I used to be able to just keep going all day, but um, keep ups, that is. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, I'm way off. But uh, Jude just looks at me. I basically I go out on the premise that I'm playing with Jude, football with Jude. He, he then goes back in and just gets like starts playing with, with his toys and I'm out there playing football on my own <laughs> trying to entertain myself through the lockdown. <laughs> so you're not doing the toilet roll keepy uppies then? No, no. Well, I've got to save those at the moment. Can't yeah, waste toilet roll. Exactly. <laughs> Scarce, Andy. Yeah. Well, talking of toilet rolls and how scarce they are, I know Will is desperate to get that he has to get his latest batch. Um, so we'll wrap it up, guys. Um, <laughs> I'll speak to you again next week. Yeah, pleasure as always. Thanks very much. Stay safe.